Bright suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls in the internet world? My name is Christopher Meriden, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me for this very eclectic, very bizarre, very strange, very fun shoot from the hip episode are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I love Boba Fett. I don't care what Reddit trolls have to say about it. (laughs) Out the gate, baby. This is Maggie, and today Best Buy's delivered the best gift you could possibly get, the child. Yes, yes. All right, let's start off there. So, um, (laughs) y'all, if you're listening, you may have listened to our previous Shoot from the Hip episode, and this happens, I guess, once every, I don't know, um, what would you, I was trying to think of like a Star Wars pun with moons. Hmm. Any Star Wars puns with moons? (laughs) I can't think of any off the top of my head. Anyways, you know where I'm going Mm. with this. But I was going to say once in a blue moon, but that doesn't really... Should I say an Endor moon? One of the 40 in the Endor system? No? Not a pun? Okay. Let's move on. Baby Yoda, the child, Best Buy, delivery. Both of you have the child with you right now. So you're both de facto Mandalorians, and... um, that is a beautiful is okay. So when they had it for pre-order, it's a plush, but the head yes. is vinyl. What is the head yes. made out of? So the head yeah. is vinyl. The body is like this weird baby Yoda green, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. It's a beanie baby. It's got beans in the bottom so it can sit by itself. So no legs, no legs, but he okay. toddles very cute and he's got cute little vinyl do the baby hands, <laughs> baby hands. <laughs> So Josh still has his in the uh, perambulator, uh, which is another word for a baby buggy or a uh, floating egg. What would you call that? What is that? Is that the egg? Yeah, it's called the egg. The egg. Yeah. So this has been the week of the child deliveries. I mean, Josh, you were showing some other things you got. What did what did you all get? I mean, I got the little black series, tiny postage stamp size uh, Yoda or baby Yoda. That's pretty cute. So Maggie, I got a pillow. Awesome. That's cute. That pillow is cute. Where did you get that from? Disney store. Beautiful. And then Josh, you got the, the Funko pop, which I I love Funko pops. I don't like that one. 
I don't like it's cuter than you think, Chris. I don't think so. He looks weird. Um, it's his eyes. It's, it's the, the eyes. The eyes. Yeah, he looks hollow, uh, soulless almost. Um, it that is. He's been dealing with coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Just like all of us, right? He's he's all burnt out. No, the thing with Funkos and the kind of the reputation they have for some people is that they they're. You know they're soulless. They're dead. They have they're dead behind the eyes because they have those just dead eyes. And that child pop, uh, for me at least, uh, does not do the trick. But if you hey, listen, if you like it, that's all good. I got two other uh, child pops, or no, sorry, three other child pops on pre-order from various places. I have the one with the cup. I have oh. the one with the frog in his mouth, and I have the one where he's like reaching with his eyes closed. So are those variants from somewhere? Are they exclusives to certain stores? I think they're just just variants, or I don't even know if they're variants. I think they just made that many different ones. Okay. And you know tar- how there was Target has an exclusive like, one too, a concerned one. Oh. Oh. I don't think I've seen that one. I might have to go check that out. I also got Moff Gideon with the Darksaber one. Oh no, that one's tight. That one's tight. <sighs> yeah. I do I do like the pops from that line that uh I can't think of the name of that droid. Uh, who went on that mission? IG. No, no, it's the uh, it's the um, bounty hunter droid who goes on the mission with Bill Burr and uh, man, what the heck is his name? He's, He's got the played by the guy from the IT crowd. That's right. He's got the bug eyes, but I can't think of his name. Yeah, I can't think oh. of his name either. It's such a cool looking pop though. And then I saw them off Gideon. That looked tight. The armor, of course, that's a really cool pop. And then they have that. Um, what is that other Mandalorian? The green one. You know what I'm talking about. The- Covert, covert Mandalorian, the covert Mandalorian. Yeah, that's a really cool paint scheme. So, yeah, I mean, they're killing it with the pop game. I still I haven't outside of the Mandalorian. I have not bought a pop from that line. Now, I did off Star Wars topic, did get the Guy Fieri pop. So to to let all of our listeners know where I stand, uh, (laughs) I did pick up that Guy Fieri pop. I'm very happy with that. All right. I will say I did pre-order the uh, Mandalorian and the Child Pop set. I saw that one. Disney. I couldn't resist. I was like, should I? Should I? And I did. That one's pretty cool. I have. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go I was going to say those diorama pops are actually pretty nice. I do have a few Empire Strikes Back ones. I have the Tauntaun set. I have um, the the Luke on Dagobah set, but I don't I haven't unboxed them. They're still in the box. And I actually I'm in the process of moving, so I don't even know what box they're sitting in right now, but they're pretty tight. I have to tell you guys just because it's so, so strange. Um, Tab and I had just watched one of um, my favorite 80s movies, actually, Coming to America. I don't okay. know if you've ever oh, I've seen, seen it. it. Oh, Have yeah. you s- um, and I was buying some stuff from Target, and I needed like nine more dollars for free shipping. So I was, lo- I was like, oh, I'll go look at the Funko Pops. And they had a Target-exclusive Prince Akeem in the McDowell's um, uniform with the mop. Nice. Nice. That was like nine $9 like on the spot. And I was like... Yes. See, now those type of Funko Pops are worthwhile. The ones that are just super bizarre from, you know, from very eclectic scenes. I love those pops. All the pops that I have uh, are usually pretty unique pops. The Star Wars ones that I actually kept because I had a massive collection. I had well over 400 pops at one time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I went pretty hard in pop land and uh, I ended up offloading almost all of them. I think I'm down to maybe like 30 
but I have the entire Rebels set with all the variants. I have, uh, you know, all the very special Star Wars pops. The one of my favorite is a Captain Phasma that's fully chromed. It's uh, it's really gorgeous. Smuggler's Bounty. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool pop. Um, and then of course my Ahsoka pops. Those are just, I mean, they're all pretty incredible. So uh, I still have a pretty decent collection of Star Wars pops, but I, you know, I sold. I don't know how many and it took forever to sell them too. I was selling them for like three to five bucks a piece. I was like, come on, like someone pick up this like Admiral Akbar from, uh, from the I would have known you like a couple years earlier. Seriously. (laughs) Right. Right. Those are definitely worth a lot now. Still waiting on those t-shirts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, well, (laughs) (laughs) those are coming. Uh, Maggie actually got, she got to pick out some Josh. So I'm going to start a war here on the star Wars friends. Um, (laughs) they're, actually uh sitting in a package that needs to be mailed i literally so my life i was wondering why you didn't jump on when i said that maggie and now i know because you were like oh shit (laughs) so my life has been so crazy and this is kind of leading me into the one of the topics i wanted to address on today's shoot from the hip episode because i don't know where this show is going to go other than we have a ton of fan questions we got to answer. But I just want to kind of speak a little bit about what's happening with coronavirus, mental health, all those type of things. So uh, a lot of our friends on the Internet know that I took a break from the Star Wars friends just due to mental health concerns. And a lot of people reached out to me. I appreciate that. This is a really tough time in world history for a lot of different people. People are dealing with things differently. And I just want to extend courtesy from the Star Wars friends to any listener, any of our friends that need someone to talk to or you're struggling or dealing with something due to coronavirus or something maybe outside of coronavirus. But please reach out to us. Talk to us. That's what we're here for. We want to be a positive force in the Star Wars community. And it feels good to be just talking Star Wars with you guys for real, because I did have to shut everything down. Uh, You know, I suffer from depression. That's uh, I've not made any, um, you know, I've not made any attempts to disclose or hide that from anybody. And it definitely hit. It definitely hit pretty hard. So I feel good to be back in the saddle talking Star Wars and all the ridiculous Funko Pops and whatever else we're going to talk about today. So I just want to say like, yo, dude, coronavirus sucks and um, we're here for you if you need us. So that's kind of my little two cents on that. But we are here to have fun today. We're here to have fun. So another thing I want to talk about is a little contest that we pitched on Star Wars Friends Twitter. So at SW Friends Show, I got two copies of Art of Rebels for some reason. Um, I don't know how. I think something happened when I switched from that that like super limited edition where they have the light up cover with the lightsabers and the sound effects. I canceled that and I switched it over to the standard Art of Rebels. I don't know what happened, but they sent me two copies. I would love to give away this book. So we got to get to um, a nice round, even number of Twitter friends. So I think once we hit 1450, we're close. Um, we picked up 100 friends in the last uh, last two days. So once we hit 1450, I'll go ahead and give that out to a random person who tweeted a really cool Rebels gif or jif or whatever you want to call it. Um, so let's do that. So the Art of Rebels giveaway, you can find it at SW Friend Show. Go ahead and just send that on in. So did either of I'm you... I'm going to create a bunch of burner accounts to try to win that. <laughs> I figured you would. Um, have either of you picked that book up or is it pre-ordered at all? No. That's okay. Sadly, no. 
Like Josh, you can create I, a burner account. I'm, and I'm uh, not into. I've never been into the art of books. I mean, I'm like now that I see like you posting stuff, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have got into those. But I feel like it's too late at this point. You know. It, well, there's like, a lot. There's a lot. I have over twenty, um, probably twenty five art of books that span the entirety of Star Wars, going back to A New Hope. Well, back then it was just Star Wars, and uh, they were paperbacks. And I have those through uh, Return of the Jedi. Then it goes through the whole prequel you know, era. And I, I got those prequel books from scholastic book fairs, you know, the, the art of, uh, Phantom Menace, the art of attack of the clones. Well, I was in high school then, but, um, you know, those books are really special. And then of course, Abrams, the publisher, not JJ, um, the publisher Abrams started coming out with the really beautiful, beautiful art of formats. I have uh, a lot of great books like The Art of the Old Republic. Um, I have, uh, you know, like these really, there's like a book called Visions, concept art, all this really cool stuff. So I'm a huge fan of that. And yeah, Josh, I do post a lot about it. I will say I did give my book review on The Art of Rise of Skywalker, which was delayed many months. And I'm sure I'm going to get killed for this on Twitter, but I thought it it was the worst of the series. I thought of all 25 art of books, I thought that the content was lacking. I thought that for an art of book, which, you know, really what they're known for is showing concept art, you know, the different visions of these amazing Star Wars creatives. All they did was just hammer home what ended up on screen. I mean, very few variants, very few, um, you know, I, I love costumes. I especially love Star Wars costumes and it was very lacking. So I've, I've definitely encouraged people to save their money, get the art of force awakens, get the art of last Jedi. You can probably get them on a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good deal on Amazon or half price books, but that art of rise of Skywalker is pretty lacking. So anyways, I want to give away the art of rebels book we have a lot of friends who love rebels and, uh, man, another side note to that. I came across somebody hate tweeting at rebels. Yo, I saw that too. Really? Like, why are you hate tweeting at rebels? It got like super weird. And, uh, you know, I don't interact with those folks. So just a PSA, you probably don't want to feed the trolls. You probably don't want to give in to fandom menace or any of those, those, those fools. But, um, you know, I, I will say that it's really, it's bizarre to see someone hate tweet on, on rebels. So shame on you. Maybe, I don't know. Um, what do you think? I haven't seen a lot of hate, but I've definitely um, seen a lot of like discounting of Clone Wars and Rebels because it's because it's cartoons. Um, my fiance's boss is like a he's like a guy in his forties, like an OT Star Wars mega fan, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I no, I'm not I'm not watching the cartoons." I had like I had a long like Star Wars heart to heart with him, t- trying to convince him a couple weeks ago, and I think he's finally going to give it a try. But I and I was even telling Maggie before we got on, I was arguing with someone on Reddit about whether or not it makes sense for Boba Fett to come back, mm. and um, I was he's like he was basically making like trolly comments about like, why don't they bring Snoke back? And why don't they bring Darth Vader back? And I was like, (laughs) if you don't think that people can come back 
um, in Star Wars after like apparent deaths. Um, you know, Darth Maul, Darth Sidious, Anakin, right. Obi-Wan, Luke, Yoda, you know, would all like to speak with you. And he's like, most of those are force ghosts. And Maul came back in the cartoon. And I was like, why does that, you know, like, I was like, why does that matter? Like, right. The, the, the cartoons are canon. Don't sleep on them. They're awesome. Well, not only did Maul come back, you know, Maul, let's, let's not forget for a second. We all saw a Filoni speech on Mandalorian, the gallery. And if you haven't, and you're listening, you haven't seen those uh, Disney plus Mandalorian documentaries. Dave Filoni gave this incredible speech about the connectivity between Phantom Menace all the way through the end of uh, what I consider the end of the Skywalker saga, which is return of the Jedi. Um, but <laughs> and I'm, sure, I'm sure I'll get killed for that. I, that's fine. This is a shoot from the hip episode, right? Like, so that's exactly what this is for. And it can go in a million different places. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of people cast Maul off as a secondary character. Yes, he has an on-screen Jedi kill that puts him in an upper echelon of villains in the Star Wars universe, but he was discarded quite figuratively and literally, but he came back to be one of the most impactful, um, it, it fully versed, well-rounded characters in all of Star Wars history. And that is due to the power of storytelling. So yes, could you, Harry, could you bring Snoke back? Yes, because we saw all those Play-Doh Snokes inside of those vats uh, in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I still think that there's ample room for storytelling in animated form for a Luke Skywalker Ben Solo story that you can see more Snoke and cabbie hats a la The Rise of Kylo Ren comic. Um, but really, you know, th- you can't discount Star Wars because as long as there's a creative story to tell, it doesn't matter who died. Maybe other than Owen Lars and Aunt Beru, um, you can bring anyone back, I think. And But they got brought back after they died, too, because they were they died in the OT and oh, then they were back shit. in the PT. Yeah, you're so, right. I mean, you're right. You're right. But yeah. And but then I and my my final like period on that was and I was like, and it doesn't matter because Darth Maul was in Solo and that's that was post death. There you go. Return. So if it's, you're, it's if, in the movies, dude. That's what I'm saying. If you're a cinematic fan, which there are a lot of people who are purely cinematic fans, and that's fine. That's fine. But there you go. You have Darth Maul re- reliving, or um, I don't even know what the right term to use. I mean, he's, he's in the cinematic, so there, there you go. I mean, what are you going to do? It's there, bro. Ron Howard made the choice. Deal with it. Uh, if I had my Beaumont GIF, I would throw that up on the screen right now, but we're not doing a live chat. But... <laughs> Um, so you'd only be punishing us. No one else can true. see it. <laughs> that's very true. All right. Freaking Beaumont. Oh, I love Beaumont. Any chance I can get to talk about him. So Beaumont's like the only character we openly hate on, on this show. Like, I feel like we could find <laughs> the good qualities in any star Wars character. And, but Beaumont, we're like, nah, does anyone care about Beaumont? I don't even think Beaumont cares about. Beaumont. No, I think JJ Abrams cares about him. JJ and Chris Terrio, dark Lord, dark Lord of the shit. Chris Terrio definitely cares about Beaumont. Um, you know, guys, I don't want this to be a Rise of Skywalker bashing show because I will get I definitely know who's going to tweet at me after listening to this and who's going to send us an email at show at Star Wars Friends. I want everyone to know we have been talking behind the scenes about doing this Rise of Skywalker show. And yes, it's we coming. it's coming and it's we are coming. planning on asking people to send in if you love Rise of Skywalker. I, we want to hear why we want to know why we want to celebrate you. We want to give you your, your, you know, your stage and let everyone know why you love it. Um, we're not here to tell you not to, you know, there are definitely some really great moments in that movie. Uh, for, I, for one, absolutely love 
Anthony Daniels' performance as C-3PO and every single line that C-3PO had in that film. I absolutely love it. I love the Chewbacca moments, even though over time I've started to have a lot of issues with them. But that's a different story. Uh, but I... I'm not going to, I'm not going to fib. I cried when I watched that movie in a theater. There were a couple moments I teared up, uh, for real. I know for real, but I have, I have since, I have since, um, you know, my, my view on rise of Skywalker isn't necessarily just towards rise of Skywalker. And this is where I think a lot of our listeners may you know, think that I'm some like big meanie or big jerk about it. I have, I have reconstructed my thoughts and my emotions towards the entire sequel trilogy. So I think that's what I want to get a chance to talk about on this recap show. But I also really, if you're listening right now and you're like, damn, Chris, stop dogging on Rise of Skywalker. Send us in a voice memo. Send us in an email. Show at Star Wars Friends. And we want you to be part of the show. We are actually going to be asking some of our listeners to be on the show for a roundtable discussion that want to defend Rise of Skywalker. Not even defend Rise of Skywalker. There's nothing to defend. Just tell us why you like it. I mean, that's my opinion. My favorite part of the Rise of Skywalker was the credits. Oh, of course, over. of course. Wait, wait, there were a few good like pew pew moments, but that's not. Oh, that's subtweeting, yeah. subtweeting uh, live uh, on the show. Um, well, I thought Josh had fallen asleep there for a second. I was just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Maggie. So but I think there were plenty of things to like in that movie in in the in the moments. Like it might did it craft the narrative um, that you know some people wanted. No, but like. You know when when Chewie found out Leia died, like that was, was gut wrenching. Like, yeah. When I yeah when I heard Ahsoka's voice um, at the end, like and there were cool action sequences, and Anthony Daniels was I think was the MVP of that movie. He was Agreed. hilarious. Um, yeah. You know th- there were things there were things to like. Um, Let's not forget Beaumont's quotes. Yeah. Um, you know Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Okay, Maggie. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You don't like Rise of Skywalker, but do you like Babu Frick? I would have taken more porks. Oh my god, dude. That is a, such a non-answer. That is such a non-answer. <laughs> he was okay. I didn't like that entire plot, but he was a highlight of that subplot. He was the great. The is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Babu Frick. I will say that I think that Babu Frick at the end of the movie was kind of bizarre. How he just popped up in Zori's uh, Starfighter. <laughs> I was like, wait a sec, dude doesn't even have a seatbelt on. What is he doing right now? Um, you know, was it in a baby seat? Yeah. yeah. No, I love Babu Frick. I am forever on Team Babu Frick. So um, I do want to give a shout out to one of our one of our Star Wars friends, Tyler Page. He is on a Star Wars trivia team out of Chicago called the Babu. Babu freaks and that's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really cool trivia team name. So I want to give a shout out there. Okay, before we get into our extensive fan questions, because we literally just posted up, hey, you got a half an hour to send us questions, and we have an avalanche of questions we got to get through here. So we appreciate everyone sending them in at, on Twitter at SW Friend Show. Thank you so much. We're going to get to all of them that were sent in within that half an hour time frame. But two things: one, Josh. You got um, you got into some Twitter beef this week. I don't want to say with who, but about Boba Fett and Boba Fett canon. So do you care to even acknowledge anything about that? Uh, because I find this Boba Fett canon conversation utterly fascinating. Um, yeah, no, I got I got in. It wasn't it wasn't um, I was like annoyed with the take because of who was making it less than what it was, because there is. 
um, there is a gray area with can like so basically, and I've I've talked about like the whole I've seen a lot of Boba Fett discussion because of the rumors with um, Fernando season two, and it's it's really frustrating because you get people saying like. Boba Fett is cool. I love Boba Fett. He he did all these cool things. And then you have other people saying all he did was fall and look cool and then fall in the pit. And it's like you have one group of people who are saying he's cool and they're basing the majority of them. I think there are some OT people, like film only people that like Boba Fett. But the vast majority of people that are like vehemently fighting for Boba Fett are making most of their argument on the EU uh, storylines that he's in, which there yeah. are a ton, and he he totally redeems the character, and that's why I love right. him. And but then all of the people that are hating on him are people that haven't read a book or a comic book and have no idea, right? Um, and it's like, why are you even arguing then? Because you're not playing from the same like knowledge base. Like, just agree that you have different views. But then, the, yeah. So what you're bringing up though is someone was saying that. Like none of that stuff is was ever canon, right? And they're basing right. and they're ba- so. Here's the thing, for me, um, I love and respect George Lucas, but I don't agree with everything he says, even though he is the creator. And it's weird to me, like when George says, "Well, only this, only the films are are the canon," but then Leland Chi, who's in charge of the canon, says, "Well, no, it's all canon. Like the EU is canon too, right?" Um, you know, so I like, even though I guess George in that time period was the final, technically the final say, because he's the owner of the company and the guy who made the movies, I still would rather, you know, side with the keeper of the holocron. Whoa. Okay. Going toe to toe. You know, we're, we're also talking about a guy who, who on the spot said, um, that, Stu John was uh, Obi-Wan's home planet, and that became canon because Jon Stewart asked him what his home planet was. We're also talking about a guy who's never said lightsaber in an interview. He always says laser sword, and I don't know if he's just been trolling people for 30 years or if if he really doesn't know what it's called, um, and it's his movie. He's also This is also a guy that let everybody call Han Solo Han Han. for a whole movie. Han. Like— what the hell? Like I like. I don't know. <laughs> it's all coming out. That's why I love these episodes. I love these shoot from the hip episodes. Uh, so you know, I, I will. I will just say this, man. I think that the Boba Fett conversation on Twitter is is getting a little tired because it is the same. It's the same crew coming after Boba Fett, and you know, I, listen. I'm not starting any fights with people. I like Boba Fett. Leave me alone. Like I'm not saying that you need to like him. I know he sucks in the movies. I was there. I watched them my entire life. Uh, so just leave me alone. Let me hope that Tamora Morrison is going to come back as Boba Fett and Captain Rex. I mean, let's pull double duty in season two of what if, what if, hang on, what if Boba Fett meets Captain Rex? And it's just like, it's Tamora Morrison doing do like the, the mirror thing. Yes. Like, yes. Where they hold like, up wait, the hand. And, are you another clone that survived? <laughs> what if that happens? Oh, we'd be in for such a treat. All right, so I am not like a big fan of Boba Fett. I have I'm indifferent. I have no feelings one way or the other about Thank you. Of the Fets. Um, I think he's cool. I mean, he's a cool character. Uh, he was cool in the EU. Uh, but I've I've just got to say this: like so many of the people I've seen complaining about Boba Fett's return, um, 
are people who really want Ben Solo to be alive again. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I like to say that there is no one who wants Ben Solo alive more than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, I understand that, but also, like, Boba Fett's been quote-unquote dead for a lot longer, so let's bring him back because he's cool. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, and, well, like, it doesn't negate anything else. Well, I think he's a cool character, and I trust Dave to actually have a reason for his yeah. character to appear. And also, like, they were hinting at it last season. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Kyle, who's not with us today. Yes, Maggie just admitted that they were hinting at it. That's two of us on this show. Um, so I got to ask, um, you, you mentioned the there is a certain segment of fandom that is call that is calling out Boba Fett there. Do you believe that it is out of anything but spite? or anger um, because I think that's terribly unfair because Ben Solo has nothing to do with Boba Fett, has nothing to do with my fandom of Boba Fett. And that is why <laughs> I put on my Twitter at known as Chris this past week that like, like, okay, if I'm a Boba Fett fan that also would like to see more Ben Solo, what type of like judge my fandom segment does that put me in? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think that is? Why do you think that they are coming after this Boba Fett rumor or just oh, Boba God. Fett fans in general? I, I could go into like a really long like anthropological discourse on this. It's sure. a group of people who are extremely upset and have been extremely upset since what December nineteenth, December eighteenth, eighteenth, yeah, you know, 18th, when, yeah, when it came out. And I have my my gripes about how things were handled by some marketing people over the course of times, but um, you know, agreed, I like it, agreed, yes, it agreed. wasn't handled. It wasn't handled well. No. I understand being frustrated, but it wasn't handled well. Um, I feel like it's just kind of pushed down that hurt. And, you know, there's only so long that you can keep, like, striking a dog before it bites you. Okay. So I feel like that's kind of the situation. There's a lot of people with a lot of very strong opinions. And it just kind of comes out in a really bad fashion. Okay. Um, I've, I've definitely subtweeted a few times. Like, you don't have to attack everyone. Everyone is not your enemy, and no, everyone is not, I'm not out to get you. Hey, and I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. Like, I, yeah. I hate to break it to people, but Ben Solo is eight years old. He is still alive in The Mandalorian. <laughs> you we'll want him alive? He's we'll alive see him. somewhere. We'll see him. I, uh, I, think, I think part of that, that, like, specific dichotomy, too, is that, like, um... You know, I think you you have that the toxic parts uh, like Ben Solo's resurrection and and Boba Fett's resurrection can be like a, a symbol for the two toxic ends of the fan base, wow. which they're like they're wow. like, like they're so Boba Fett is like a very like traditional like Boba Fett's. He the obsession of Boba Fett uh, yes. has been around for a long time. Yes. And I think like the the mostly younger we want ben solo back rise of skywalker was was the worst thing that's ever happened in cinema jj abrams needs to go to jail people <laughs> right right look at boba fett as a symbol for the that's not my luke last jedi is the worst thing that ever happened to star wars ryan johnson needs to go to jail people right and it's like a symbol for those two things that's well yes. said that's very well I said agree. josh yeah because i mean that's what that's literally what my subtweet was about was like yo dude i I am an old school fan who does not like the rise of Skywalker. Like, so please don't attack me. Cause I'm not attacking you. Like, so yeah, that's very well said, Josh. Cause I, I could see exactly what you're saying. Um, so, all right. Kyle is probably listening back to this, having an aneurysm. Cause we spent 15 minutes talking about Boba Fett. So I need to add one more thing. Let's oh, do no. it. 
So, also for the people that are excited about Mandalorian and but don't want Boba Fett to return, without Boba Fett, the Mandalorian never gets made. Exactly. Because because I know that there were like there was Mandalorian stuff and Ralph McQuarrie stuff, but Mandalorians don't get popular and without Boba Fett being popular and Mandalorian lore doesn't get built in the EU to then get built on in the Disney canon. And that and also didn't the Mandalorian spin out of a failed Boba Fett movie? Okay. I was wondering where you were going with this because you're so right. You're so right. Um, and this has been my, that's been one of my arguments for a long time about this is that spot on dude, not only did it come from underworld, it also came from 1313. So yes, there were two concepts that, that were Boba Fett driven, but you know, Josh, you're an old school fan like me. We know that there's been a ton of history outside of Boba Fett about the Mandalorians, but I do not think that they would have created a live action television show that would have given us what we wanted to see as Boba Fett fans growing up literally 25, 30 years ago. We finally get to see it in the Mandalorian live action show with a new character. And I am all for it. I absolutely love what they're doing. And I would love, I predicted this during season one of our recap shows from Mandalorian, I felt that Boba Fett would return in at least one or a few episodes to be a mentor of sorts and teach, uh, teach Mando Din Djarin some old tricks or some, some, some of his old tricks. That's what I thought would happen. And I hope it still does. Well, and I also, I also don't think that the Mandalorians get built up in the EU without Boba Fett leading that charge. I mean, and a lot of those, a lot of the later Mandalorian stories are literally centered around him being Mandalore. Correct. It's not like, Correct. you know, so thank you. Yes. Thank you. So. And really all you have to do is look at Google and go, the Mandalorian is Boba Fett? Question mark. Is, <laughs> is the Mandalorian Boba Fett? Is the Mandalorian Jango right. Fett? I mean, everybody that's, that's the Mandalorian. Everyone. Knows. Yeah. So I think it only makes sense to have, Tamora Morrison come back. I think that I'm very frustrated. I'm sure we're going to talk about this on the next Star Wars Friends when we get the whole crew together, but I'm still very upset that two potentially major leaks have occurred so far for season two. Uh, you know, potentially were they leaks from Lucasfilm to give Star Wars fans something to talk about during coronavirus? Possibly. I do think that it is really awful that we did get any type of rumor regarding Ahsoka and really awful. We got this Tamora Morrison because I wanted to be watching the show live and see Boba Fett pop up so I can text Kyle and be like, <laughs> there you go, sucker. He's back. You know, that's all I wanted. Oh that's deeply, deeply what I wanted to do. But all right, enough Boba Fett. Thank you for indulging me. This was fun. Uh, we can keep, we can keep going on and on about this, but we got a lot to get to. I have, one more thing that I want to talk about before we get to the fan questions. And it was an interesting point that uh, Kyle Newman, Kyle Newman is a uh, actor or he's a writer, he's a director. Uh, and he recently appeared on our friends uh, rebel force radio show where he brought up a really interesting point about gray Jedi. We've all heard the term gray Jedi. So before I give my take, what are your takes on gray Jedi? What do you, I mean, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to feed you anything. Do you, are you familiar with the term? And if so, what, what are your feelings about gray Jedi? 
because I thought this conversation kind of dissipated and Kyle Newman brought it up the other day on rebel force. So I, I definitely something I wanted to bring up to you both just to see what your thoughts were on it. I, I don't know. I never, I never really got into that whole, um, thing. Like I thought all of the like gray Jedi, dark Jedi, like let's, we gotta, we have to give a categorization to every, every force user. Who's like a former Jedi or a, you know, a, 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 someone who's not, who uses the force, but isn't a Sith or a Jedi. Like, why do we have to label all of those people? And my thought is like, especially like, I know that we talk about some gray Jedi who are like still in like Qui-Gon is like, usually people go to Qui-Gon for gray Jedi, but it's like gray Jedi and dark Jedi. If they're no longer in order, do they really want to still be called Jedi in any, in any sense of the word? I don't sure. It just, it's, I, 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 I just felt like it always came out of people's need to like categorize things. And it was never like, a real thing. Like there weren't people being like, I am this person and I'm the leader of the great Jedi. Like it's not a thing. (laughs) It it is a weird thing. Maggie, what about you? What's your take on the great Jedi? I never, I never really had too much like strong opinions. I always liked the idea of Qui-Gon Jinn being the great Jedi or a great Jedi. Really? Um, Yeah. Because he was very, and I feel like, um, Dave, um, kind of touched on like how Qui-Gon was a little bit different than how some of the other Jedi approached Anakin in his whole, like, talking about the Phantom Menace, which kind of actually made me think about Grey Jedis um, midweek. Hmm. And also Ahsoka kind of fell into that category. Uh-huh. See? Um, and I yes. know that conversation came up um, during that that period of time in Clone Wars. Um, and then also, I remember in the EU and the Legends, Cade Skywalker was considered yes. a Grey Jedi. And we all know I am a Cade Skywalker. <laughs> well, big time. Big time. <laughs> oh, I had no, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I love my it. One, my only. <laughs> no, I love that you're a Cade Skywalker fan. We need more more Cade representation. That's good. Now, you- oh, I I love the 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 um. <laughs> oh, now I was about to say it. Now I can't think of what it was called. Like Le- the Legacy Comics, they're yeah. so good. Yeah. Yes. yes. So. You brought up Ahsoka, which is how the point came up about Grey Jedi. Now, I think that Grey Jedi, Josh, you hit it on the head. It's weird that people are making these subcategories because you're either a Jedi or you're a Sith. And that's it. And if you follow the Jedi path, you follow the the light path. If you're a Sith, you follow the dark path. This gray Jedi nonsense to classify these folks. No, man, they're just force users. You know, they might have been trained a certain way, but who's to say that they won't use the dark side or, or tap into it for whatever their needs are. So Ahsoka, I think, I don't know if, well, clearly we know Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Because she says it, and she firmly believes it. But she does walk that fine line. But I wouldn't classify Ahsoka as a great Jedi. Uh, I'm just interested to see, and the reason why I bring this up is because I wonder what Taika Waititi is going to do in his upcoming movie. And I want to kind of drop that seed right now so we can talk about it on the next uh, full full crew Star Wars Friends show. But I wonder if he is going to... um, show just elemental force users. And I'm fascinated to see what he and his incredible brain come up with, uh, for this next, for this next movie. But that I just wanted to tease. I just wanted to tease. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, think about it and save your thoughts for the Taika Waititi upcoming movie for our next, uh, star Wars friend show. All right. It's going to be Jedi that live in a flat together in New Zealand. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. It's oh my so god! Bright and so colorful. Oh, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. So I just wanted to drop that seed. I planted it. Let's let it grow in the next episode. All right. Housekeeping. Yes, if you're listening, we have not dropped 
This is not, this is not, uh, we're not trying to fake you out. We have not dropped the series finale of Clone Wars episode because we haven't recorded it yet. So, um, we haven't been able to all get together. That will be our next episode after this one drops. We will do a series finale Clone Wars show. We definitely need Kyle, uh, to drop his extensive Clone Wars knowledge on us and we can wrap a nice little neat bow on the Clone Wars and give everybody, uh, an in-depth discussion towards that incredible final episode. So, this being a shoot from the hip episode, we're going to dive into questions from our friends and we got a whole bunch of them. So let's, uh, let's start with Kaylee. Kaylee is at D X R T H Revan. So, which would be at Darth Revan, but with an X and seven, a here's the question. All right. On a more serious note, could y'all maybe talk about fandom and how it positively and negatively affects the way we experience star Wars? So I want to, I guess that was a heavy question um, to start off with. Um, number one, I just want to address a lot of what we've already said, even just on this show. We are a stay positive podcast. So hashtag stay positive. We celebrate all views outside of fandom menace, outside of hardcore haters, trolls. If you have a conversation and you want to talk Star Wars, let's have a conversation. Let's not attack each other. Let's not go after each other. But as far as like how fandom, how it affects positively or how to, how it affects the way we experience Star Wars positively, negatively, I think, um, I think there is something to say about social media and how it, you know, gives you premeditated thoughts before you see a television show or a movie. And I did all I could to avoid Twitter before rise of Skywalker. Cause I didn't want it to negatively influence my viewing of it. And quite frankly, it didn't. Um, and like I said, I definitely had an emotional response to that movie. I was confused, but I was emotional in a good way. Um, I, I didn't walk away watching that movie saying like, Oh man, that was, that was the bow it needed. But I didn't also sit on Twitter to watch people's reactions roll through. So I try to avoid people's reactions. Maggie, I'm not calling you out. Um, <laughs> I, I try to, I try to avoid people's, um, opinions before I get to experience star Wars. And that just actually happened with the last episode of clone wars. A lot of our friends from Australia and New Zealand got to see the episode way before we did. And we're posting spoilers and, and their thoughts and all that. But I think there is something to say about, um, those and it really, we only started seeing it during last Jedi, those two opposite end spectrum star Wars fans that can, can taint your experience. I think that there's something to say about that because I have, and I, I will admit this. I have muted a lot of different terms on social media. I have muted a lot of users that I, that are very, uh, agenda driven and that speak ill in a, in a, just, it's a negative, like you can tell when somebody has a, a, a criticism or a critique versus someone that's just trying to bash and just trying to be negative and just trying to ruin somebody's day. So I think that, um, you know, we do our best to be positive and celebrate all viewpoints. And I think that needs to happen more often. I think that there's a lot of other great podcasts and, and people in the star Wars community that are doing the same thing. We are, we got to keep that movement going, but to just sit there and just have an agenda and just bash, 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 dude, back off. Like I got no time for that. I'm a grown ass man with a grown ass job and bills to pay. I don't need the drama. Like let's have a conversation and tell me why you don't like something. Not that I'm an idiot or insert way worse terms here uh, because I like Boba Fett. I don't know. (laughs) It's, it's really weird. Like it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's been since last Jedi, I think. And 
I feel like back in the day, you know, pe- people will talk about like, oh man, the EU was was some was good, but there was a lot of really bad books too. And I'm like, I'm one of those there guys. Were? I'm one of those guys. I actually yeah, have but at this- two in front of me right now, Josh. I have Red Harvest, which I was like, oh, this is a shoot from the hip episode. I, c- I could talk how bad that book was. And then Fatal Alliance. Oh, God. Anyways, oh go ahead. Oh, my God. Y'all, I, I can go I on just, and on. <laughs> I just used to read that, like, I never I never got any of that. I just read it. It was the story. It was kind of like, it was almost like reading history. Like, you read history and you're Fair just point. like, this is cool or this is, like, oh, that's what happened. I'm, I'm learning about what happened. I'm not, like, forming an opinion on, like, what they could have done yeah. or could, shouldn't have done. It's just like, oh, that's what happened. I'm not upset about, like, I might be upset if a character is gone, but I'm not like, this author shouldn't have wrote. Like, it's just, <laughs> right, oh, Chewbacca right. died, Chewbacca died. It's, I'm sad. Like. Um, but now it's like, and, and I was actually really afraid. It was, it's so good that I met you guys on day one because I was like, I don't even want to talk to anybody at celebration because I'm afraid <laughs> you never know what yeah, opinion someone's right. going to have. Right. Like back in the day, you could like not like something and have like conversations about it. But at the end of the day, you both love Star Wars and it's yeah. fine, whatever. But now like people are just nasty. Like I, and, but thankfully, like I said, I bet you guys like, Immediately, so I was like, "People are nice." The fandom, and actually, I didn't have any negative experiences at Celebration. That's the fandom yes. is in a lot better shape than social media would have you believe. Thank you. That's what I was going to interject with. Is that I have found that when you talk to people face to face, you can bridge those gaps and you can find common ground, and that is very. Um, it's a very delicate situation on social media. So tread lightly, y'all. Good call, Josh. Talk to people in real life. Well, after coronavirus. Please and wear a mask. Yeah, from six feet away. Yeah, Maggie, what are your what are your what are your thoughts? Oh on this? gosh, I'm just sitting here listening to you guys because I mean I've been in a fandom, some sort of fandom, for a really long time. Um, I feel like I probably was on the internet way too young, uh, but you know the '90s were a thing, and yeah, well, yeah. Um, I think some of my first interactions in fandom were when I was like eight years old, um, and I went on dial up wow. and was like on pro boards and AOL chat rooms and Yahoo Ooh, chat rooms. I'm scared yeah. of those now at 35. Yeah. I wouldn't even go into those now. My God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> completely unattended on the internet. Yeah. Um, and completely past parental controls and everything. Um, wow. but no, there were a lot of really toxic people in the star Wars fandom back, um, after Phantom Menace. I remember seeing some of my first, like, what? You're going to say what to someone? Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even know how to spell that word. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely anytime you have something that you're passionate about, you're going to have the opposite emotion, uh, which is hatred for something. And especially when you have groups of people who identify commonalities between each other that are more hyper specific than just we all love Star Wars. Um, you're going to have where like we are better than you and you know your thing that you love is stupid and there's always going to have to be that like friction I feel like you can't have fandom without friction unfortunately Um, and you know it is really important to try to make sure the community that you find in fandom is good and not built on something you hate and there's actually been some really good discourse this week um, I learned some fandom words that I had never heard of before about fan pull or something. People who like hate things and like work together to like tear other people apart for liking oh, no. things that they don't like. And a lot of people have been talking about 
being very young and being like groomed into this mindset by older people and fandom. Makes sense. Makes and sense. And so like a lot of like 13 to 17 year olds who were like, yeah, I spent five years of my life like stalking people on the internet to tear down the things that they loved and make sure they knew they were a horrible human because like a 30 year old was telling me to do this. Oh and God. so now there's like, they're talking about like how their experiences are and stuff. And I've definitely seen that in the star Wars fandom. Um, I just saw that today. Somebody was bashing someone for shipping uh, Obi-Wan and Padme. And I was like, wait, I thought that was like an, an okay Ooh. thing to like. I mean, I like that. Spicy. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but it was, it, and it was somebody hey, was he like, did turn her against him. Right. Yeah, that's so true. That is true. Just saying. <laughs> he oh, was there when she birthed her kids. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, what if, what <laughs> if she lived? Hmm. Okay. Go and on. they raised the kids together. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't want to. It would have been awesome. Yep. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, they're kids that are being made to hate things so passionately. And some of them are like, I actually like this thing that I was made to hate. Right. So I think it's really important, especially for those of us who are adults in this fandom, to, tr- to try to be like positive influences on the kids in the fandom. Because as somebody who was a child in the Star Wars fandom, it's terrifying. Yeah. Well, you survived. Thank you. And uh, good for you. Good for you. So that's a heavy question to start with. I will. It's very heavy. Yeah, I will say that I totally missed that Kaylee had a question asked before this one that was a lot more lighthearted. So we'll go ahead into this one. Good job, Chris. Yeah, yeah. From Kaylee at DXRTH Revan at Darth Revan with an X instead of an A. This is from Kaylee. What are y'all's favorite droid and why is it Chopper? Oh, I don't even, that's, she already got it. She already got it. (laughs) Chopper's my favorite droid. So thank you, Kaylee. Uh, (laughs) That was a great question. What about you two? Is Chopper your favorite droid like me or uh, who's your favorite? BB-8. Okay. sweet son. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, That's, it's so hard. I'm not sure. Um, they all have redeeming qualities, although I will say that I'm, you know, I think it used to be R2, but then C3PO, I've, I've gotten a greater appreciation for him. Wow. And then, um, I'm rewatching, I'm rewatching, uh, Rebels right now and Chopper is like cracking me up yeah. being such a sassy He's ass. So yeah. sassy. Like, Chopper. Yeah. And the, I love that he has the arms. Like it's so perfect. Very that expressive. He can, like articulate himself yeah. better. Like. So you think Chopper? Yeah, I'll go with Chopper. Wow. Chopper, like it, it might ch- it might change, but I think right now it's probably Chopper. Yeah. Okay, so we we have all picked Astromechs and BB units. So the three of us have two Astromechs, one BB unit. My runner up, just because I want to throw this out there, is R two D two. I love R two D two. He is also the hero of the prequels. Anyways, uh, who is your favorite uh, non Astromech or BB unit? I will say I know what my heart is telling me right now, but I can't deny it. Uh, I'm going to say AP5 because as sassy as Chopper is, AP5 really stole the show for me in Rebels. But I want to say K2 because K2 is incredible. Oh, K2. That's my heart. I forgot about K2. That's, I, know. I can't believe you didn't say K2, Maggie. Uh, well, hang I'm, on. I'm hang torn. on. So, I'm torn. That's K2 why. K2 and IG-11. Oh, okay. An IG. Okay. An IG shout out. This is, um, this is interesting. Nobody's going to say the medic droid. Two one B. Um, I no? well, so to to shit post because I normally say something stupid. I'm gonna say uh, the diner droid at Dex's diner. Oh my! Remarkable. God. Our, when's the Black Series coming out for that? When when can I go yeah, to no Galaxy's kidding. Edge again and get the Black Series of the diner droid? That's a great question. 
That's great. Kaylee, thank you for sending those two in. We really appreciate the lighthearted and then the heavy ending ones. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Shooter or something. Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams one percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Hi, I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, Baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue Baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, in review right away this is darth vader dark lord of the sith and you are listening to the star wars friends show do not underestimate the power of this podcast hey this is dominic pace who played gecko the bounty hunter from the mandalorian happy to be your star wars friend you're listening to the star wars friend show all right, so another question we got in from Wookie Radio, our friends at Wookie Radio, so at Wookie Radio. They sent us in a question that I dearly love. How do you how do you feel about the new Dr. Afra audiobook coming? Now hang on. It's not an audiobook, it's an audio drama, y'all. So it's gonna be very it's gonna be the same way as Jedi Lost was, where they're gonna recreate with a full character, they're going to rec- or a, a full cast. They're going to recreate the story that has been written by uh, Sarah Kuhn. Um, so this is going to come out on uh, July 21st, y'all. I am ecstatic, especially because I haven't been able to read a new comic in 50 plus days, thanks to coronavirus. So I cannot tell you how ecstatic I am that a Dr. Afro full cast audio drama is coming to play. How do you feel about that? I'm hyped. 
Total hype. I love Afra. Total hype. I love Afra. I'm I'm all about it. I'm hoping uh, Del Rey sends us a preview. They copy will, baby, of and that. hey, and they will, and we'll do a review for everybody. Okay, how about that? We'll let everyone. Know and I will say, I just since you said it, and I'm not saying it to rub it in. I was going to say this at some point anyway, but I actually am completely caught up on Star Wars comics. I've read every Star oh Wars comic that's God. been released since. Um, Marvel took over, including the Beckett <laughs> one shot and the DJ oh, one shot. No, no, I read them all. I figured, you know what? I'm going to be completest. The Beckett one shot. My God, the Beckett one, one shot's actually not bad. That DJ one was awesome. I don't remember the DJ one. I own it, and I don't remember it. I also own the Beckett one, but I don't remember the DJ one. I had so I had so much high hope for DJ, and like I love DJ. <sighs> well, I want it. Okay. I think I would have loved DJ if they would have continued his character into uh, Rise of Skywalker. I think to see another double cross or to be like, oh, here's that shifty dude again that betrayed him. It would be interesting to see Finn have some interplay. I would have loved to see him come back. Oh, what a missed opportunity. Anyways, let's move on. Thanks, Wookiee Radio. We all love the Dr. Afro audio drama. I cannot wait for that to uh, come through. Everyone, go check out Wookiee Radio at Wookiee Radio. Great podcast. We, uh, we actually were just on there, so you can find our show that we were on with them probably in their feed uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Let's dive into another one here. All right, let's see here. So, okay, this is our friend Hassan at Fetmatic. So another Boba Fett drop here. So at Fetmatic, what are the better Jedi Starfighter? The Delta 7 Aether Sprite? I think I'm saying that right. Or the ETA 2 Actus? So Fetmatic, you can kill me if I didn't say that right. That's totally fine. Totally fair game. So the Delta 7 are those triangle uh, Jedi craft. And the ETA two are the uh, craft that we see from the at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith that Anakin and Obi Wan are fighting all the buzz droids. So, um, full disclosure, we had to look them up before the show. So, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we both uh, or that we all knew exactly what these two were. Uh, I'm gonna say I love the the Actus class. They just look cooler. There's a lot more going on with them. I think that the shape is really unique to the Star Wars universe. Um, and for some reason, I always associate that Delta 7 triangle with, with Mace Windu. And I just can't get behind it. So I will say that this this act this ETA2 Actus class, Light Interceptor, is pretty tight. Pretty tight. And they don't need to drive into those like hyper those hyperdrive rings or whatever those things are. So that's my take. What about you guys? I'm gonna go with the ETA too. It has the hyperdrive. Two for two. Josh? Yeah. yeah. I, I like the ETA. It has that TIE Fighter-esque cockpit. And, you know, what? like I said when we were talking about it before, if it's the one Anakin's driving, it's probably the top choice. I mean, Anakin's the the best pilot in the Jedi Order, maybe the best pilot ever not named Solo. I don't know. Yeah, so. that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. All right, so... All right, here we go. Um, This is from, oh, well, thank you, Fetmatic. Thank you very much, Hassan. Thanks for sending that in. We got a question from Patrick Covey at Ganon136. Do you think that's a Ganon reference as far as uh, Zelda's concerned? Because I am a huge Zelda freak. We want to cross IPs here. Uh, Patrick sent this in. What's your take on the potential future of Star Wars animated projects? So um, we've talked about this at length on the show. And... 
my thoughts haven't changed after watching the series finale of Clone Wars. I still feel that animation is going to be strong and it's going to be uh, in play in the very near future. I do feel that it will be that Rebels continuation, but I am holding out hope that they're going to do something different and give us the in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, Luke Skywalker, um, still voiced by Mark Hamill. You can still tweak his voice. You can manipulate it to make him sound younger. But I think that it would be it would it would it would definitely uh, it would definitely satisfy the OT fans that were screaming for Luke, 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 Luke. And it will satisfy the sequel trilogy fans that are screaming Ben, 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 Ben. Um, so I think that that show would be a goldmine for Disney if they were to uh, if they were to move in that territory. Now, do I think it's realistic? No. No, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what I want. I do think that the Rebel sequels is in play, and I think they're going to do it in that new animation style that they did Clone Wars in. <gasps> it's beautiful. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree with the realistic side of things and thinking that it'll be a Rebels continuation as much as I want what we came up with last time. <laughs> <laughs> I I think besides the rebels continuation. I think we might get more, uh, remade or completed lost arcs from clone wars legacy. Um, the, you know, the dark disciple oh, arc made the, okay. the, uh, son of death, made, especially looking at how big like Darth Maul has gotten. Um, yeah. And, but I, so I, I'm going to derail us for one second. Cause it's a good opportunity to do it now. I mean, so, I read a so speaking of the rebels continuation. I saw a video today. It was really clickbaity, and it, a guy making it seem like it was news when it was just his rumor take. But he's talking about Ahsoka and Rex being in the Mandalorian, being a setup for that that search for Ezra actually being live action. Oh, and of course, I was immediately like live action Thrawn. Live action Thrawn. Oh, like, a little Pierce Brosnan action, I mean, huh? I mean, I'll, I'll so I'll take it either way. But that'd be interesting to if if that's where it's headed. That'd be I mean that'd be incredible. The only reason I say Pierce Brosnan is because, as you know from that celebration banner that they unveiled at Celebration 2019, yeah. yes. it was clearly obviously Pierce Brosnan as the placeholder for a live okay. action Thrawn. So the funniest story is I'm friends with a guy who did that art. Jason oh, really? Palmer. Yeah, really? no, like I'm friends with him. Uh, he has not lived that down. <laughs> <laughs> we need to ask him why. I mean, that's all it is. Cause it's so clear. It's a good a look. I think he was just using it for a model. And that I was, was just... offended. I got to tell you, I was offended. I didn't oh, like a lot it. of people were. <laughs> yes. I was so stoked. I did was like, Oh, have... His art ended up on the Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And, and Ahsoka's on there. And yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Super cool. Yeah, he does amazing art. It's gorgeous, but that was the weirdest thing on there for sure. Um, but hey, whatever. I, w- I will say, like, thinking of that depiction too, and just thinking about like previous de- visual particular depictions of him um i i actually the one thing i was so excited for him to be in rebels but i don't like the what they did with his forehead i liked it better when he just looked human oh i I know what you're saying yeah yep but now he has that like those weird like head bumps on his forehead i'm not i mean it's fine i'm not like it you know i'm still excited but but i but i'd rather he looked the way he looked before, but they're not the, uh, those bumps on his skull are not as prevalent on the um, the cover art for the books. 
So the Thrawn books, the, the Zon, uh, you know, the new Thrawn series. Yeah. They're not yeah. as prevalent. He does look far more humanoid. So that was a really good question. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. We got We got a few more. We got a handful more, actually. Let's let's roll through these. So our friend Monica, Monica of Mandalore at Mandalorian, who is a great Twitter follow, by the way, if you're in the Star Wars community, you should follow her. She loves to post uh, GIFs, tons of them. So um, here goes one of two questions she asked. Here it is. There's been a lot of discussion about what if type scenarios lately. What character surviving would have had the biggest impact, negative or positive, on the galaxy? Qui-Gon, Shmi, Anakin, Greedo, or that poor Jawa that Mando exploded? So, Maggie, you go ahead and take this one. (laughs) Qui-Gon Jinn. (laughs) Really? Really? If Qui-Gon Jinn had survived, Anakin would have been raised so much better. Like, I love Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was a brother, not a father. And Anakin needed a father figure, which is exactly what Qui-Gon would have been. And I feel like Qui-Gon would have kept Anakin on the actual, like, straight and narrow and would have, like, learned how, like, learned how to navigate Anakin's, like, very obvious dark tendencies. Mm. And I feel like Obi-Wan just kind of, like, assumed he'd be okay and didn't really put in that, like, fatherly touch that he needed. Um... And I just feel like Qui-Gon would have been, you know, the one to help actually bring balance to the force by actually taking care of the child. <laughs> um, and also, I am still traumatized by Qui-Gon Jinn's death, so <laughs> help me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will tell you that Qui-Gon Jinn was one of my least favorite characters up until uh, recently when people started putting it into uh, terms that made sense in the overall implications of the galaxy. I will say this. Um well, this is my question to you, Maggie, since that was your answer immediately, unequivocally was Qui-Gon. If Qui-Gon lived and and took Anakin under his wing as a father, would they have remained in the Jedi Order or would they have left? They would have left. Okay. That def- that definitely would have been a very different universe for yes. sure. Okay. And that actually now I want to see that happen. That would have been a very different, like entirely different Star Wars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's somebody write that fan fiction. I'm, I'm, it might be out there already. Let's, let's scour. Let's look. <laughs> that, that's crazy though. I think that they, I also will agree. I think that they would have left the Jedi order for sure. And then Shmi would have been rescued and they would have started a little family and yeah. Yeah. Posted up somewhere nice. Yeah. All right. That's good thoughts. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Josh, what about you? Um, I, I agree. Qui-Gon, I, but I just, I wanted to add the piece to it that, um, you know, Qui-Gon was like completely bought in on Anakin, whereas Obi-Wan was like, we're picking up another useless life form. And he ended up just training him because Qui-Gon, you know, made him promise to on his deathbed, basically. Um, And I and I think I feel like if Anakin like I my when you said Shmi, I was thinking like maybe her and maybe she would have derailed like maybe if she didn't die, like Mm, Anakin maybe doesn't fall. But at the same time, she doesn't die in Anakin, but then Anakin, like, I feel like there's still Anakin being away, like her surviving, but Anakin still being away. I don't know that, like, she, it's not like she's going to be in his life again, like, because Obi-Wan's going to be like, no attachments, you know, you can't stay. And like, I, so it's, I don't know, it's. 
So are, yeah. is Qui-Gon your yeah, answer? definitely Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon yeah, Qui-Gon's answer my answer. Yeah. I think when we look at the overall, because this question is posed is what, what would have had the biggest impact on the galaxy? Uh, I think I also will agree Qui-Gon, and I didn't have that thought until recently. Obviously, the Filoni speech on the Mandalorian Gallery show really cemented that in my brain, and it's really fresh, too. That's the other thing is that that just came out. So that's really what's on my mind. I want to say so many different joke answers, but I'm not even going to go down those routes. Um, you know, I will agree with you just for the sake of my brain is telling me a thousand different things. I was going back to Old Republic, but then I'm like, I'm going to get beat up because that's not canon. I was going back to, you know, um, just a lot of the EU stories and, and things like that. But I will just go with Qui-Gon. I'll go with Qui-Gon. Just keep it simple. So that's a great question. Um, I Greedo is funny that she threw Greedo in there. I think that uh, if Greedo lived, Han Solo's life would have been very different. But um, Greedo's a wimp. Greedo's a total wimp. He's a bust. He's a buster. Uh, all right. So Monica has a second question here. Um Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen's deaths had such a huge impact on Luke's story. How different would Luke have been had that not happened? Or if Leia didn't lose her entire planet? Number one, I think Luke would have, would, he would have defected anyways. And he would have been, he would have left the homestead at some point, And I think he would have chased the rebellion. And I think he would have chased Biggs and fi- found a way to get out there. But I think he would not have found what he was looking for. I think he would. Uh, that's a deep ass question. Thank you, Monica. Um, you got my you got my brain turning here a little bit. I, I do think he would have escaped. I do think that he would have found his way into the rebellion, but it would have been in the final throes of the rebellion because obviously we know Obi Wan's effect how how they caught up with the rebellion at the right time. And uh, yeah, I think that he probably would have found just a really decimated, wimpy ass rebellion. And uh, we would have never got a Jedi out of him. He would have had those abilities. He wouldn't know what they were. Um, So it would have been a very um, boring, dry galaxy run by the Empire. And then if Leia didn't lose her entire planet, um, Leia would have been executed. I mean, let's just be clear. I think I think she would have been executed. She would not have turned to the dark side. She would not have joined the Empire. She would die for her um, for her cause. You know, she was willing to die for her cause. I think that was part of the strength of Leia is that she would do anything for the rebellion and to defeat tyranny in the galaxy. So I think Leia would would be dead if uh, I mean, if Alderaan survived. I mean, eventually she would have just died. Um, So that's it. I mean, that's my quick take. I mean, I can probably think about this and really give this a deep answer if I thought about the Luke one. But what about any thoughts from either of you on this one? I think if Luke, uh, if at, at worst Luke never leaves and never joins the rebellion at best, he doesn't leave at the same time. And then is not there to make that one in a billion only because I have force power shot. And then I think because he doesn't make that shot, um, not only is Alderaan destroyed, but then Chandrilla is destroyed. Oh, okay. Because, and I, and I say Chandrilla because that's where Mon Mothma is from. That's right. And she is your next, next highest profile, um, rebel. Um, and I feel like maybe Mon Calamari is not too far off after that. Okay. Or Mon Cala, sorry. I think Mon Cala um, was definitely a target, an initial target of, because the Empire hates Mon Cala. 
well, even in the even in the um, even in the current canon, there's a lot of shit going on with the Empire. They're subjugating and doing all sorts of nasty stuff with them. So yeah, it's well, yeah, because they they were they were like okay and under their thumb, and then they decided to give all those ships to the rebellion, and then right, and then the Empire was like, oh no, <laughs> right, right, so. That's good. Any th- I don't yeah, Leia, I don't I'm not really sure. Like I feel like she'd still be in the rebellion, but I feel like without if we're doing like Alderaan's never destroyed. Tarkin but also, would kill her. Tarkin would have her executed. Yes. It's not even Vader. Tarkin would have executed her. Tarkin's a a brutal asshole. Uh you know, I think Tarkin would have been the one that flipped the switch. Straight up. So I, I don't yeah. even Tarkin's almost worse because he doesn't have a reason to be so evil. Like at least he Vader has like a, a reason. Dick. He's like a sympathetic character. Like right, Tarkin even in Clone Wars was brutal. So yeah, I think he'd I think he'd be the one to flip the switch. What about you, Maggie? Any thoughts on this? No, I agree with what you guys brought up. Okay. Well, yeah. No, wait. Uh oh. So if Luke, if 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 Luke doesn't go though, I think they that Yoda and Obi Wan somehow pull the trigger on Leia and train her. I would love that. I would love that love too. To see that. I also, guys, I want a dark side. There's Leia. a Star Wars what if. Yeah, I want a dark side Leia. Really bad. Really bad. I if we can do a what if. What if Leia turned to the dark side? Oh, please. I, I want. I think that. there's a what if Leia was the one that got trained. Comic. I'm gonna. I'm looking right okay. now. Okay. 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 <laughs> Great question. Thank you, Monica at Mandalorian. That was fantastic. Let's mix things up again uh, a little bit. Tyler uh, actually sent this in really, really fast. He sent in this voice memo as soon as I posted that question at SW Friendship. Let's take a listen. Hey, Star Wars friends. It's uh, Tyler Page from Chicago. I got two questions for you. The first one is in regards to uh, what Dave Filoni said on the behind the scenes episode two for the Mandalorian. And uh, he basically says that if Qui-Gon didn't die, uh, he would have trained Anakin and Anakin might not have gone to the dark side. Uh, He controls the fate of Anakin. And, um, I'm not sure if I fully believe that. I like the thought path, but you know, Count Dooku was Qui Gon's teacher, and look how look how that turned out. So, um, would Anakin have gone dark if Qui Gon had trained him versus Obi Wan? And you know, is there anything special about Rex that makes him fight Order sixty six? I don't think he's force sensitive exactly. I mm. I like to think that it's more his relationship to Ahsoka and he's fully invested. But in that way, does that make him special or different from the other clones? Mm. I don't know. Um, love the show. Love the prequels. Love all the lightsaber fights in the prequels. I think those are the best lightsaber fights in all three trilogies. And uh, I'll go toe to toe with anyone that wants to disagree. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Oh, dude, Tyler, calling it out, man. A prequel lover. (laughs) He he was definitely uh, he was ready to go at the the tail end of that voice memo. Uh, So, Tyler, I will not disagree with you. Those are great lightsaber fights. Plus, I don't want to get beat up. So. Uh, no, that's sweet. Okay, so I think we already answered Tyler's first question, sort of, in a roundabout way. Would would Anakin have turned to the dark side if he was trained by Qui-Gon? We all, we all, well, I, here, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel that he would have left the Jedi Order. Then I think they probably would have dabbled a little bit in Sith magic. 
um, or what have you. I think Qui-Gon just being a curious soul might have stumbled upon the Night Sisters, uh, you know, some of their texts. Oh, and, you know, maybe, maybe they would try to figure out, because let's not forget, Qui-Gon was the first Jedi to um, understand the living force and was able to live on through the living force. And that is super hardcore mysticism. And I think Qui-Gon might have definitely dabbled it, but I think that they would have turned to the dark side. I don't think they would have turned fully to the dark side. I think they probably would have like fucked with Mace a little bit and like try to dabble in the Sith magic a little bit just to mess with them. Just kind of poke the bear a little bit, but I don't think they go fully Sith. Okay, so this is not the question, but something you just said made me think. Okay, I have a question for the two of you. What Uh would have happened if... Darth Maul had been like, hey, this kid's got like some special abilities and he had taken Anakin in as an apprentice. When would he have done that, though? It could have been the Phantom Menace at some point, the end of it, if he hadn't died, quote unquote died. So so you think, well, no, I don't think Maul would have done it because Maul was so wrapped around Sidious's finger to the point where we saw those tentacles of Sidious's control over Maul even into True. the Clone Wars. I don't think Maul gave a shit about Anakin, you know, because he just didn't. He also didn't have the knowledge. But let's say what if let's say let's say like the end of Clone Wars, Maul had that all that knowledge about Sidious's plan. And, you know, he he knew about Anakin at that point. But let's let's just go back 20 years in the future and say, Maul knew that plan and Maul knew he was going to be replaced by Anakin back then. Would Maul have taken him had he had that knowledge? Um, I don't think so. Because I think that when Maul got cut in half, got thrown in the dumpster, got spider legs, it went crazy. Something changed in his brain and he was so driven by and fueled by hate to um, to best his old master at his own game. Power manipulation, pull the strings, all that shit that he started the Shadow Collective to try to rival the Emperor. I think that um, I think that Maul would have been more prone to recruit Anakin later in life than as a child because Maul's brain switched at some point. Point, which would be would you have rather had Anakin as Maul's protege or Ahsoka as Maul's protege Ahsoka yeah man yeah, yeah. that'd be that'd be crazy the yin and the yang I would love that the two outcasts I love it anyways Josh go ahead and answer that one I don't think he would I don't think even given the opportunity he takes him I think at that point in his apprenticeship, I think he, if anything, sees Anakin as a threat and tries to eliminate him. Yeah, he just he just hits he just hits him with the blunt end of the saber and stabs him just like Qui Gon right through the chest. Little oh. Anakin, and if, a little Annie. Annie. If we get to some, if we get to some, uh, where where he did train him, I think Anakin ends up killing him at some point because, uh, like, as as cool as Darth Maul is, I think. If Ahsoka can pretty much beat you in a fight, Anakin's just going to murk you, no problem. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, Anakin you know. is tough as hell. He was tough as hell. I think Anakin, here's a hot take. I think Anakin was a stronger Force user before he became Vader. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. wow. I thought I was going to get some pushback on that. Okay. All right. Damn. All right. Good. I don't feel as bad now because I was like, oh, I'm going to grind some gears here. All right. Um, no, I think I think all of so I think all of Star Wars um, would have like that's an interesting. What if like what if 
what if Vader never gets burned in the lava and is a fully human non size? Can you imagine what that looks like? like? He would have he would have been he would have Sidious wouldn't have made it to the sequel trilogy, first of all. Um Oh, well, Sidious wouldn't even have made it to the end of uh, the original trilogy, I don't think. Um, I'm imagining he, yeah, Hayden I mean, Christensen on another level. in full Sith garb right now. Sorry, Josh, you just like literally freaked me out because I want it so bad. I want to see yeah. fully immersed Sith Lord pre-burn Anakin Skywalker. Ugh. Damn. Okay, lo- so speaking of Anakin, <laughs> you killed me. You killed me. <laughs> Speaking of Anakin, I have a segue to answer um, question two. His second question. So I actually think part of it, part of the reason Rex was able to kind of like resist and tell her something is his relationship with Ahsoka. But I also think it comes like we see Rex have so much personality, mm-hmm. and so he's like so much not like one of the boys with the clones. As far as like he's he's like on a. In a, on a different level, and I think that is literally because he spent however many years and however many battles being under the the most free thinking, um, do your own thing of the Jedi, Anakin Skywalker. I think he learned to be his own man, um, mm. and you know to 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 do his own thing when, even if it didn't follow orders to a T, kind of thing, from being with Anakin, and I think that that helped him you know, resist and, you know, that individuality that he had built. Fair point. That's kind of where I was going to go with this. I, I like, I like everything you just said because Rex did have a different upbringing than the rest of the clones. They definitely, he definitely hung out with the, uh, with the, with the Brat Pack, you know, the, the, the Jedi who did it differently and all, growing up with Ahsoka. I think that definitely Rex had a different perspective than the rest and, and became more human because of it. You know, got that hum- humanity element from hanging out with these not so stuffy Kiati Mundies and, uh, you know, Sacy Tan or whatever, like all these by the book Jedi who are just super boring. Um, you know, whatever. If you're if you're a kite Kiati Monday fan, like good for you. But like, I'm just saying um, that that makes sense, Josh, that he would be exposed to that. Rex would be exposed, exposed to more humanity and a greater emotional depth and connection with his Jedi generals. Um, and plus let's not forget that he, he was with Ahsoka when Ahsoka was a child basically, and they grew Mm -hmm. up together. So that emotional bond, you know, you can say all you want about clones, but they're, they have emotions, they have feelings. And that just really played a, a part in that. Do I think the Rex has any type of connection with the force? No. I do not. I do not. Although I am interested to see what the Camino cloners want with Baby Yoda, a.k.a. the child, because as we all know, that wimpy guy with the glasses in Mandalorian Season 1 was after the child, so he he had that Camino cloner patch on him. I'm just starting to thread some uh, some things together here. All right. Are we good on that one? Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for sending that in. Let's go. We got a few more here. We got to get them quick. All right. Let's run. Far, far away news. Our friends over at Far, far away news one sent us this one. Here's the tweet. Here's a good one, I think. Did Obi-Wan really love Anakin? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> did you not hear that awesome monologue? The pre- Literally the best lines of the entire prequels. The you were my brother, Anakin. Yeah. It's like. 
the best acting in the entire prequels. It, and I like the prequels. I'm not saying like, but man, well, don't tell Tyler. Way. Don't hey, don't don't bash prequels around Tyler. He's gonna come from Chicago. And, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I I agree. I agree that that I'll get him with my nunchuck sabers. No. He better watch out. Oh my God. <laughs> Tyler better bring it. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so. Yeah, I think Obi-Wan loved Anakin. I think he loved him so much, so much. And I also think that Obi-Wan probably felt a lot of regret that he wasn't a better master to his Padawan and allowed him to turn, you know? I mean, I think that there's a lot of guilt that he held, especially immediately. I think immediately when, when Obi-Wan discovered... He said, I failed you. Yeah, and that hit him so hard. Well, I may, I don't know, maybe... Maybe that's what Far Far Away News is alluding to, is the fact that maybe Obi-Wan didn't love him, but felt the regret. And that's where the emotion came out, that he failed him as a Jedi master, not as a brother. Yes, he used the term brother. Um, I'm sure that Obi-Wan would use that term towards another Jedi, maybe. Um, But I, I don't know. That's... Now that I twisted the question that way, uh, maybe it was... You talked yourself out of it. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Just like with Rise of Skywalker. Um, I don't know. Maggie, settle this for us. Do you think that Obi-Wan loved Anakin? Without a doubt. Okay, there it is. You heard it here on the Star Wars Friends show. That's it. Obi-Wan loved Anakin. So... Just put a period on it. I want to hear from Far Far Away News. Tweet at us and uh, let us know what your thoughts are on that one because I want to know where where that question was coming from. Um, maybe you maybe you see something from a certain point of view, maybe a little bit different than us. So definitely uh, listen. Far Far Away News is one of our affiliates. We love them and and definitely want to check them out for all your Star Wars news. Check out their website, farfarawaynews.com. All right, got a few more. Let's roll. Let's roll. Josh, this one was tweeted at you. At Battle of Tanab. Oh, no. If you are listening to the Star Wars Friends show and want to find Josh on Twitter, it's at Battle of Tanab. This one was tweeted in by our friend Scott at uh, Bendito Bates. I always say that wrong. It's like, I don't even know. We got to get him on the show. We got to hear how he pronounces his Twitter handle. But it's Bean Dito, B-E-T-E-S. This is from Scott, who comes after me strong about my Rise of Skywalker takes. Now he's coming at Josh. Here we go. At Battle of Tanab. Finish watching the Ewok movies yet? Oh. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I, I mean, it. I watched them back in the day, but no, I I popped, uh, like I, I think I said that before, I, I popped the one in and I was like, he's speaking basic. Okay, oh I'm done. God, like, dude, yeah. <laughs> Maggie, we got to get you on the, the Ewok I movie know. game. Oh, it's, I love Gosh. talking about it. I love Scott for asking that question because it's such a deep cut on the Star Wars friends. It's so good. Um, I cannot wait to do a full Ewok movie watch through with you guys. Is, isn't Scott, uh, isn't Scott caffeinated diabetic on, on YouTube? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, I think so. if, if, if that's him, he definitely, he, he drops the hammer quite often. So we got three more. Are you ready? We're in the home stretch. We're in the home stretch. So, for, and these are pretty deep questions. Oops. <laughs> Let's here we are. All right. From our friend Steven, uh, Insta Slin, Insta underscore Slin from Instagram sends this in. Ready? Crack your knuckles, relax, settle in for this question. So the Clone Wars were three years. That's roughly the same gap of time between A New Hope and Empire, as well as Empire and the Jedi. What do you think the odds are that Disney is planning another Clone Wars type animated show in those years? They get used to all of their favorite characters again. They get to use all of their favorite characters again. I 
did not think that they would do a ESB to ROTJ cartoon. And I also don't know exactly what the staying power of that would be. Um, I don't, is it three years, Josh? You're a canon. You're a canon guy. Is it three years between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? Because I thought it was only a year. Um, I didn't think it was that long between those two. And I know that Marvel has a brand new comic run that is taking place between those two movies. Do I think that it's enough to warrant a 225 episode Behemoth a la Clone Wars? No. I think that if they were to do an animated show between those two movies, it would only be one season. Um, I think it would be less than resistance, but I think it would be fascinating to see how Leia got the, the bounty hunter Boosh costume. I think it would be fun to see our heroes get so close to stopping Boba Fett and almost capturing uh, or, or getting Han Solo back. I think that that would be a pivotal fun animated show of seeing our heroes get so, so, so close to getting Han Solo back only to lose him again. Um, but beyond that, we might see Luke Skywalker build his green saber. Um, I don't know what, what would you, what would either of you think would be a a pivotal, you know, moment in between empire strikes back and return of Jedi that we would want to see in some type of animated show explained. Because I'm still on post-Return of the Jedi. I think that is the most unexplored territory ripe for storytelling is to see what happens after Return of the Jedi leading up to Force Awakens because we all know Resistance didn't do us any favors because they didn't tie it into the movie. Mm, reserving my comments for later. Would Are there any moments that y'all could see between those two movies? I mean, they're making they're making other content in that time period. I mean, why not? Yeah, but what? No, but like, I, what moments would you expect outside of Leia getting her bounty hunter costume? Maybe a Han Solo botched rescue. Um, Dash Rendar, come on, Shadows of the Empire, let's go. I mean, I could talk Shadows for for an entire episode. But is there anything else that that either one of you would, could imagine taking place between those two time frames? No. Nothing. I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. I, there's obvious. I mean, they could build. They. I mean, what they're doing with the comics is they're building new stories that that fit in between. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's constantly. You think about Clone Wars. You have all these these episodes that are like, oh, we're going to hijack this ship. Um, right. And, right. Like have we have like focusing on one mission of like thousands of missions and and maybe you have it so that it's not always our main characters so we're seeing some stuff with some other side characters maybe you see some stuff that like wedge is doing missions that wedge is on or missions that or <laughs> oh you know what i know i know what i want to see i know. You know what i want to see we got to get the wedge the battle. solo uh, i want to see the battle of tanab there you go okay and i want to see the little maneuver in the battle of tanab i do good call Good call. It's, it's my handle on social media. Hit Josh up at Battle of Tanab. So Maggie, no opinion at all. Just hard pass. Don't care about yeah. it. Okay. Fair. That's fair. It's a weird, it's, it it's can't a weird be time fair. period. It's, yeah. Well, because Return of the Jedi just gave us so much content um, and really, you know, outside of what we've already just talked about in the last five minutes, I don't know what else they could explore. Yeah, you're right, Josh. Bell, you know, I, would, I would take some like random Lando Calrissian adventures or something. You know that they would be there. 
how did Lando you know they had them. how did Lando get into Jabba's palace as a guard? How did he win that job? Yeah. That there would be. Go. That's what I. I that's do. a one episode. That's a one episode arc, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. Three years between A New Hope and, and Empire. One year between. That's Empire what I'm saying. Okay, thank you for confirming. That's exactly what I thought. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, I don't think that there would be more than twelve episodes in, in a season if they were to do that. But I do still strongly feel, as we talked about earlier, the 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 most. Ample space for storytelling is post Return of the Jedi. So I hope they explore that. But that's a great question. Instance Lynn, our buddy Steve. Ooh. Oh, you know what we could have between Empire and Return of the Jedi? A Boba Fett cartoon. Yeah. Duh. I mean, we could. Duh. Hashtag Boba Fett cartoon at Dave Filoni. Let's go. All right. Great question, Steve. We got two more and we are going to bring this thing home here. So this is also from, uh, or this is from our friend Knights of Glenn. So a uh, good Star Wars friend here. If My apprentice. He is your apprentice. He's your John Williams 1% John Williams apprentice. 1%. Yeah, I love it. I love it. If you can take any story, be it legends or canon, novel or comic, and make a big budget film, which would it be? Now, I am going to answer this for Glenn. <laughs> Glenn is <laughs> Maggie's Maggie's ready to go. So but fast. real quick, I want to give props to Glenn because Glenn is a diehard Quinlan Voss fan. And I can yeah. guarantee that Glenn would want a Quinlan Voss uh, big budget film. So, Maggie, you are ready and right <laughs> to go. Let's hear your thoughts. Cade Skywalker. Oh, my God, yes. And oh, you know my who, God, yes. You know who I want to play him really bad is Charlie Hoonan. Um, I found, oh, like, a, yeah. bunch, okay. I found yes. a bunch of yes. pictures of him. They're a little bit, like, five years ago, but that he looked like Cade Skywalker in the pictures. And I was just like, there we go. Good Do to go. We- do we feel Taika? Is this is this a Taika Waititi possibility? Yes. Could you imagine him handling the death sticks? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, I colors. literally, I literally have goosebumps right now thinking about Taika Waititi doing a Cade Skywalker film or oh that era, and, and including all the characters, like all yes. those characters he interacts with. Some of those like female characters, uh, Taika yes. would be so great. He would at kill it. Them. Kill oh it. My God. Please, so, Taika. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Taika. I am. I, I, this is such a great question. I think mine's probably really predictable, and it, it is, of course. Or Josh, what do you think mine's going to be? I think yours is Darth Revan. Oh shit! Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I want to see. I do want to see that transformation of character. I want to see the Revan story arc play out in big budget film. I want to see Bastila Sean. I want to see all those fantastic characters from old Republic. I want to see Nihilus. I want to see some of the Sith Lords. I think that that would be incredible. Uh, But do I think it's a possibility now? No, no, I don't. I think it was probably in play at one point in time. And I think that after the Benioff and Weiss uh, drama that unfolded, that they took a lot of those concepts and moved them closer to the timeline in the High Republic. Um, but damn, I would have loved to have seen some old Republic, some Darth Malik. Oh, give me a break, dude. That would be sick on a big budget scale. Uh, but yeah, Josh, you know me very well. That's exactly what I want. I knew what both of yours were going to be before <laughs> you said them. <laughs> Um, and those are both uh, those are both ones that I would put up there. So now I have to think. Um, I would either say so. I think the thing I'm thinking of is not something you can make in one movie, but I think like the new Jedi Order uh, story arc. Mm, with, yes, um, yes. 
and yeah, now, and what like, would you do Vong, now? What would you do now? The Vong are super cool, but also like one really cool, like one thing that kind of gets overlooked in that series that was really, really awesome, sad but awesome is you know, so it's like a nine book story arc, and Chewbacca dies in the first yes, book. That is true, and so you spend the rest of that series with Han Solo just lost and grieving terribly and not knowing what to do with himself. And he's not the shitty father that he is in, mm. in the sequel trilogy. He's like actually a good husband and right. a good father right. to his kids for the most part. He's not perfect, um, but he's still around. Um, he doesn't run. And you are, yeah. you are bringing and, up the sorest of subjects with the sequel trilogy and Disney era Han Solo. I, uh, well, it's true. I it mean, is I, so true. You know, they whatever. shit all over Han Solo. And I wish I had, I don't know that it's super intentional, but I wish I had my old Twitter account from like t- early 2015 when they announced the force awakens. And I was like, I swear to God, if they ruin Han and Leia's relationship <laughs> and their children's relationship, I'm going to be so mad. Right. Right. Uh, and they, and they, and they kind of did. And they kind of did. did. Yeah. Yeah. They did. yeah. Did, does Han Solo get redeemed during rise of Skywalker? Did, does Disney do enough to make up for all the Han Solo bashing with the, with the pivotal moment in rise of Skywalker? Maggie's dead, by the way. Uh, it helps. Maggie just fell off. Oh, speaking of good moments, though, that was a good moment. It was a good moment. But I don't think that it did enough to redeem Hansel and Disney era. Okay. This is a great question. This is a great question. So thank you, Knights of Glenn. I love this one. Uh, it gives us a lot to daydream about and a lot to be hopeful for. I did see someone, it was a weird tweet and it got momentum a while back. Someone wanted Keanu Reeves to portray Darth Revan. And I was like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel about that. I love Keanu Reeves. Let's I feel be like cool. Sixty nine, like dude. <laughs> yeah, ten years ago, before John Wick. If he yes. had done Revan before John Wick, I, I don't know. I just think that's a weird. It did pick up a lot of steam. That that thought. But anyways, that's for a different show. We have one last question on our shoot from the hip episode, and this is from our friend Ray. At Jedi Master Ray One, Ray's a super fun Twitter follow. So I want to um, just give a shout out there. I want to give a shout out to everyone that's sending questions. Thank you, everybody, and we're gonna make sure we give you tags when we post up this show. So here's a question from Ray, and it's the last one of today's shoot from the hip episode. So here we go. Hey guys, it's been on my mind a lot, but do you think that Episode Nine was truly the end of the Skywalker saga? There seem to be a lot of unanswered questions that I hope could be rectified in, in an episode 10 title. Have fun, y'all. Love that. That's a great question. I've already answered it on this show. And I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to get killed. I think that Return of the Jedi was the end of the Skywalker saga. And yes, there's a part of me that's being kind of an ass. But at the same token, I just felt that the... Here, even Filoni said it in the in the Mandalorian Gallery episode. He did not even mention anything about the sequel trilogy. This was the story of Anakin Skywalker. And in my viewing of the sequel trilogy, there was no homage, no reference, no tie-in to Anakin. Yes, Anakin and his redemption lived on through Luke Skywalker. But I don't feel that Luke's character arc in the sequel trilogy justified the sacrifice that Anakin made and the lessons learned. And we can dive into that during our Rise of Skywalker recap show. But that I'm not really answering the question totally. Do I think that it's the end of 
the I guess we call it the Skywalker saga. Man, that's I don't know. I don't know. I do. I feel that Disney kind of shit the bed prematurely and ended the and said it was the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I do. I think that they there was no reason to even say that because I think that there there is lots of era for ripe storytelling. Imagine Finn starting to um, starting to uh, take over or Finn starting to liberate first order soldiers and helping redeem them and get them out of their, their mindset. I see Ray Skywalker, um, you know, maybe starting a Jedi Academy, but is Ray Skywalker even a Jedi? I don't know. Is she um, just a force user? Um, do I see a return somehow of Emperor Peppermints? Maybe. Um, I don't know. He already did it once and it really wasn't explained that well. So maybe they'll give it another go. Um, I don't know, man. What here? Both of you are ready to go. I, I can talk about this for a long time, but it seems like you guys have thoughts. Um, yes, I think we will see another Rise of Skywalker or another Skywalker saga movie. And here's why. Uh, Godfather 3. Coming to America too, <laughs> bad boys for oh life. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> Weekend uh, at Bernie's too. No. Okay. Can I? Just, no, I'm saying just like all our, these way after the second. Go ahead. For our listeners, I wish they could have seen Chris's face when he said Godfather. <laughs> like, where is this going? Oh my god! No, I was so confused. Godfather what is going on sequel? here? Godfather Three was a sequel in like the early '90s after the last one had been made in the '70s. That's true. <laughs> yeah. um, Coming to America Two is a, mo- a sequel to a movie in 1988 that's coming out next year. Um, what was the? I said another one. I can't remember which other one I said. Uh, way after the Coming fact to sequel. America. Um, no, I, I said it's okay. For bad boys. <laughs> bad for boys life. for Lee. Yeah. The last Bad Boys came out in like 2002 or 2001 oh, or something. Oh, boy. Um, uh, the Rolling Stones had their first farewell tour in 1982. <laughs> um, Motley Crue signed a contract in 2015 saying they were never you are tour going to tour again. You're going They're off the rails, Josh. You're going off the George rails. George Lucas said there were never going to be any more <laughs> Star Wars movies after the prequels. Um, if there is money to be made, some will f- someone will figure out how to make it. I think the only huge movie that never got a sequel that people are never got another sequel and the director is standing firm is Back to the Future. Zemeckis has said as long as he lives, there will never be a Back to the <sighs> Future remake God. or a Back to the Future 4. You stop it I'm right so now happy that with you your said Back that. to the Future hate. <laughs> I hate um, that movie so much. It's so oh, bad. It's so bad. So overrated in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, you can hit me up at no one is crazy. That is not a secret. I don't like Back to the Future. Hey, I don't like it either, Back- so you can come harass me as well. There you go. Yeah, you're young enough. I give you a pass on that, though. Chris is just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like those movies. I don't think they're any good. Um, Have you ever but- heard the John Mulaney joke where he talks about how terrible Back to the Future is? Like, <laughs> no, but I want it. It's so great. I'll send it to you. Okay. If you, if, listeners, if you haven't heard it, it's fantastic. I think I have heard it, and he's not wrong, but I still enjoy the movie. <laughs> John Mulaney took me a long time to get into, but I totally respect his game now. Uh, but it definitely took a long time for me to get into. Now, before Maggie, before you answer this one, yes, I thought that Daisy Ridley... 
John Boyega and Oscar Isaac signed for six movies. And I need to find that. I need to find that somewhere. But I, I believe they originally signed for six. I don't remember that. But I do know that Oscar Isaac has repeatedly said that he's never doing Star Wars again in Harrison Ford fashion. So Oh, he'll come back. He'll yeah. come back. Yeah. Oscar Isaac's been such a huge part of Star Wars from voice acting to fandom. And he's been one of the he's been one of the really good ones. Um, he is. I love him. Yeah, he's been really good. But I, I do believe that when the, when they when they brought all these actors on, they signed them for longer than three movies. I, I know for a fact I know for a fact I don't have to look this up that Alden Einreich, Donald Glover all signed for three solo movies. So that was that was in the cards, and they still have them under contract for that. That's why I thought that they would maybe switch that to a live action show. But Maggie, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm still waiting for the the Last Jedi sequel. Um, oh my god! I'm sorry, there I just had to say that. There I it is. Okay, so I am very much in the the mindset of Disney likes money, Star Wars makes money. Uh, people are unhappy. With how the movie ended, so a smart person should say, hey, we should find a way to continue this story and get money from the people who aren't happy by kind of bringing something, you know, more into this universe. And also capitalizing on the people who were happy and love these characters and want to see more of these characters. And so I think from a studio standpoint, uh, it would be really stupid to say something is finished and actually mean it. And I mean, I still think it's stupid that they said this is the end of the Skywalker right. saga. That was really bad marketing. Very um, bad marketing. Especially with the title of the show and then how the show actually played out. And it was just like somebody really, really messed it up. Agreed. <laughs> in that studio. Wholeheartedly agreed. Now, as the person to bring this back and rectify this, is his name Taika Watiti? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is Tycho going to come back and do episode 10 and set the course right? I how, love how we're like, he is our savior. <laughs> how freaking insane would that be? Um, well, you know, I mean, just imagine the brain power. We, we're watching these Mandalorian gallery shows. Look at the brain power at the table. I mean, look at who they put at that table. Where were these folks when the sequel trilogy was was put together? Uh, I mean, that's we'll save that for Rise of Skywalker recap show. And I just want to remind our listeners, listen, we're not here to bash Rise of Skywalker. I want to hear from people that love Rise of Skywalker. I want to know why. I want to know why you love the film. And I want you to be on our show and I want you to discuss it. So I want to be very clear. Also, while while we were talking... I um I realized that I made a couple of Mace Windu uh, references, which would probably please Kyle. But uh, Tyler Page is a huge uh, Mace Windu fan, and I know he's tweeted at us and was was wondering where all the Mace Windu hate comes from. The fact that he said civilian in a very rude, dismissive tone in Ahsoka tells you all you need to know about how I feel about Mace Windu. So mm-hmm. just want to explain that one, Tyler. Um, so any more thoughts on this episode ten? This is a great question by Ray. Thank you at Jedi Master Ray One. Um, but I re- do we are all in agreement that we think that episode 10 will eventually be a real thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. 10 years. Give it a decade. I think we'll be back. I yeah. think I think we'll be back in a galaxy far far away. I think that there will be some projects in between that will bring fandom back. Um maybe we'll, it's it's something to think about. It's something to think about. Um 2027 will be what the 50th anniversary oh gosh yeah yeah i think 
I think to some extent too, it it might depend on how all of those actors' careers are going. Too <laughs> good call, good call. <laughs> More, just just saying because all of them, I think all of them have said that like. At least in the near future, they're not going to do any more. The, the you know um, the one who I'm afraid of is is actually uh, John Boyega. I think that Oscar Isaac's still going to have his roles. He's still going to be he's still going to be cast in you know obviously he's in the new Dune movie that is going to be fantastic. I'm sure of it. Dennis Villanueva, the director writer, is just a, a fantastic creative. But um, and Daisy Ridley will have her role. She'll play cutesy roles. You don't think so? No, she really has not done much. And she's, she's not, getting she the Hamill treatment. She, she didn't even return um, for Peter Rabbit. Somebody else is doing the voice of the character she played in the first one. So, um, yeah, I have actually, if anyone wants to have a deep conversation about Daisy Ridley's <laughs> career, I have a lot of opinions. Well, um, so so you're saying that Daisy Ridley's going to get the Mark Hamill treatment mm-hmm. and not be cast in roles because people see her as Ray. And just like the same way that people saw Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Yes. And um, Boyega or Isaac will go off and be the Harrison Ford I of think our generation. Oscar is the Harrison of our generation, and Boyega is probably the Carrie Fisher. That's a that's a doom and gloom scenario for John, though, because Carrie fell off that's hard, true. hard. So let's let's that's think about true. that. Let's, I want to see. Maybe, I, you know what? maybe they can split the Harrison. Here's what I want. This is all I want. And if John Boyega, uh, if anyone can get to him, let's get him in some comedies. I want to see John Boyega in he's comedies. He's so funny. Yes, he is so funny. And he's such an ass on Twitter. I love him. I, I love, love him John so Boyega. Much. <laughs> so good. So this was a great question. Thank you for sending this in, Jedi Master Ray. Thank you for everybody for giving us a lot of great questions to fill tonight's uh, Shoot from the Hip episode. This was, this was fun, man. We went in a million different directions. For sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so this was very cool. All right. Uh, well, I think this was my best episode. You did great, Josh. You did great. <laughs> I think my opinions were on fire. I think people so. will peek behind the curtain and just let everyone know that I give kudos to Josh on this episode. But it is that time of the episode that we blow this thing and go home. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. You got a really good feeling about this. That wraps it up. A beautiful, wonderful, fun shoot from the hip episode, courtesy of all of our Star Wars friends who sent in some incredible questions. This has been a uh, fun return to the podcasting desk. I needed it. Thank you both for indulging me in some Star Wars conversation on a dismal, ugly Northeast Ohio night where I'm getting bombarded with snow still. It's May friggin' 11th. It'll be the 12th when this episode drops, and just so everyone knows, I'm wearing a winter hat right now. That is awful. That is awful. So this has been a lot of fun hanging out with both of you and just talking about everything. Literally, we covered what? We covered basically everything in the Star Wars galaxy. I mean... That's incredible. So thank you. With that, let's stay positive in the community. Let's uh, let's give a shout out to the makers. We're going to give a shout out to all of our makers. Go ahead and support them if you're able. If you can drop five bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, you support our friends over at Rebel Art Empire, Fulcrum Dawn, Lantern Pins, Luminous Beans Limited. We have, oh my God, I'm rattling this off the top of my head. Who else? Josh, hit me up. Who am I forgetting? We got Rebel Art Empire, Fulcrum Dawn, Luminous Beans Limited. We have Lantern Pins. 
Spice tag. Who else we want to celebrate? Um... Well, I do know that uh, Stardust Pins is doing a Ahsoka Mini Ears pin. That's and right. And I think a lot of people weren't able to get it. Um, she's doing pre-orders right now, so you should uh, all head over to her Instagram. If you weren't able to get the ears, the real ears, you can still get the pin. Great call out. That, and that's Stardust Pins. Yeah, Stardust Pins, really cool stuff. And also uh, Ryloth Relics, because I'm staring at my Grand Admiral oh, Thrawn yes. coin. Yes, yes. So great makers out there. Please support them if you can. We definitely want to help them out as many people are suffering financially through coronavirus so let's let's help out the community at large that's what we want to do here i want to give a shout out to everyone that was super cool with me this last week for me taking a week off from the star wars friends so thank you for being supportive means a lot mental health awareness is huge if you know somebody that's struggling or having uh, problems go and reach out to them just say what's up and hopefully uh it'll brighten up their day so thank you to everyone that reached out to me anyone that both of you want to shout out anything you're thinking of right now Maggie, you just did an Maggie, interview with our friend. About your, yeah. yeah, you oh, did an yeah, interview with our true. friend Dominic Pace. Yeah. Yes, I did. And I'm hoping to secure another interview with someone from the cast of Mandalorian. So Ooh. excited about that. Can't say anything yet, but that should it's hopefully happen this week. I wish. I would do a full, <laughs> full length interview with this child. <laughs> Hell yeah. So um, where can, where can they find that article? Um, it'll be over on Your Money Geek. There you go. Yes. Josh, who who you showing? If anyone knows the uh, puppeteer for a child, I would totally interview them. Let's figure that out. So if anyone listening knows who the puppeteer is, or one of the probably many puppeteers that run that little guy or girl, uh, please send it to show at SW or show at StarWarsFriends.com. Get us up on social at SWFriendsShow. Josh, who are you shouting out? Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to three different people. Well, no, to, to four. So to CL Slugger, Tim Cole, and Pisa and Parsecs for their really wonderful comments on our poll about what people want when they said that we love you as you are. Your show is awesome. That was really cool. And then I also want to give a huge shout out to Rebel Art Empire, even though we already shouted them out, because they sent me like a care package of like a million things. Awesome. It's incredible. That's a great shout out. I, I'm, I'm familiar with all those folks. And uh, they did say some very nice things about the Star Wars Friends show. And uh, that did mean a lot. So, yeah, we'll address that poll on the next episode. We'll talk about what people want from us and we'll give it to them. That's what we're here for. So that's the whole reason for that poll. Uh, all right. If you want to come at me for any of my controversial opinions that I've laid out over the last hour and a half, you can find me personally at no one is Chris on Twitter. That's at no one is Chris. Come at me. Tyler Page with all your lightsaber battles and all that good stuff. No, I'm joking, man. I love you, dude. All right, where can they find you guys at? Uh, this is Josh. You can come tweet at me about Boba Fett at Battle of Tanab. Oh, yeah. And you can find me at Maggie of the Town, where I have a bunch of pictures of the child. <laughs> you did. You posted a yeah. bunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's going to be more. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's celebrate the child. Let's celebrate. You should start so your child, the child its own account. Oh, yeah. You should get your own, like, separate it's account. Its own Twitter. Get another account to manage. Just you. Yes. I'm sure you don't have enough going on right now. So go ahead and... <laughs> You want all that stuff. All right, everybody, thank you again. Let's let's stick together. Let's stay positive. We appreciate all of you so very much. Thank you for being a Star Wars friend, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you on our Clone Wars series finale with Justin and Kyle. They will be joining us for that, and they will take us home and wrap a nice little neat bow on the Clone Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. Later. 
friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.